Yo! Welcome to Blende Con Sazón. Where we talk all things blended. My name is Janelle. Yo, and this is Marvin. Let's get it, Yo, baby. let's do that shit. Anyways, okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of... Blende Con Sazón. Yes. Welcome back. Thank you so much for all the love that I've gotten. And I'm going to say me. Because last episode, episode two was, you know, my story. So I've gotten so much love and so much feedback from everyone. And for the the ones that were there throughout um, that entire process and, the, you know, when it actually was going down, I love you and I appreciate you. And those that just heard my story for the first time, I love and appreciate you, too. So I just wanted to get that out there. But um, yeah, babe, that was um, a lot of good, good stuff you shared. Uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. It was it was good. Um, mm-hmm. But today's not about me. OK. Today's about you. Yeah. And your story. My story. Yeah. Are you nervous? I am not. Oh, good. I am not nervous. Well, that's good. I'm good. OK. It's, a, it's my story. I just got to tell it. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. All right. Well. All right. So let's let's go. Let's get it. <laughs> Yo, let's get litty. All right. So, so okay. Um. So my story. My story starts in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Um. I am Puerto Rican. My parents are from Puerto Rico. Uh, I grew up in Hartford. Um, mad Puerto Ricans in Hartford. Like mad Puerto Ricans um, in Connecticut. Um, you know, when I moved down here, I met like the, my first like ever like non Puerto Rican Latino. Mm. It, was, that? it was like a trip. It was like this dude I met in high school. It was literally on the bus on the way home. I like just met him and he started talking and I kind of like did a double take like, yo, yo, where you from? Because <laughs> you ain't Puerto Rican. <laughs> Um, he was actually Colombian. Oh, okay. He was okay. Colombian, so it was, it was like a trip for me. Right. Um, but anyways, I'm from I'm from Connecticut. Um, you know, uh, I I liked living up there. It was great, good childhood. Um, unlike you, right? Um, you grew up in a blended family. Mm-hmm. Um, we we were not a blended family. Um, my mom and dad, um, they've now been together about 40 years, Yeesh. 40, 42 years. Shout out to Nancy and Jose. Yo, shout out to like putting up with each other for 40 oh, years. Gosh. Oh my goodness. It's crazy. <laughs> but you know, Can't they imagine. Yeah, I know. Um, they just kind of old school, I guess. Like, you know, they, whenever they had an issue, they worked it out. Um, they had problems, arguments like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, and they worked through it. I mean, um, there were, I tell you, obviously there was ma- mainly happy times. Mm-hmm. Um, there was times they had to work through stuff like a lot of couples and, right. and they did. Um, and I feel like a lot of them or, or a, a big reason why they worked things out was for me and my brother always. Um, I think they felt like, uh, you know, an obligation to us to always work through everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, and they did. So, yeah, I thank them for that. They, I think um, they've been pretty good role models um, for me and my brother in terms of um, a marriage. I think we've, we've learned quite a bit from them. Yeah, that was pretty good. So that was Jose and Nancy, mm-hmm. right? 
Um, and then I got to what, like 14, I was in eighth grade and, uh, so unlike me, you were in Connecticut a lot longer. Yeah, I was in Connecticut a lot longer. Yeah, until I was like 14. I still consider myself born and raised, mm-hmm. although I left before I started high school. No, but yeah. 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 So um, it was a, a weird time. So for, for some people that are familiar, at that time, Hartford was, this is a lot of violence and, and stuff like that, gang violence and, and whatever. So my mom was like, if he goes to high school here, this won't be good for him. Um, so let's just move to Florida. So we went from Hartford, Connecticut to Kissimmee, mm-hmm. like Matt Puerto Rican still. So like my surroundings <laughs> didn't really change too much other than palm trees, right? right? Beautiful weather. And uh, I mean, obviously without all the violence and the bullshit, you know, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. But right. so we moved down here, um, which was good. Um, and uh, yeah, I went to, to high school here. I played baseball here. Now I was always nice. Like, I was nice. I had skills. In Connecticut, I was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I came down here, um, and these boys really put it on me, I think, at the beginning, because they played year-round. Right. Um, but I think I caught up. I did pretty well. I ended up getting scholarship offers out of high school, but I passed on them because I wanted to stay local. So I went to a small school, and I decided to walk on. Did you, do you, I mean, do you regret that? You know, I used to always question that before. Mm-hmm. I used to always like, damn, what if I went over here to this other place? Or, um, you know, there was a, a small school in Georgia that was like, it was a two-year college, actually. It was a junior college. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so secluded. And looking back, I'm like, man, maybe I would have done better there because there wasn't right. shit to do and no trouble to get into, I felt right, like, right. at a school like that. But... Um, and I and I actually almost went up to New York too to play, um, but no, I don't I don't have any regrets um, really. I ended up going to uh, to Rollins College, mm-hmm. small school. Decided to walk on. Now I decided to walk on at probably one of the most expensive schools in Florida. For real. And then I decided to fuck around while I was there. Mm-hmm. I really didn't focus. I had fun, you know, whatever I was a college kid i was out of the house for the first time mm-hmm. and i just had fun so unfortunately it didn't work out but but here's here's i think the incredible part about my short time there mm-hmm. right so although i was only there a short time um while i was there i joined the multicultural student association mm-hmm. and that was that was good for me i mean i was at a at a school where everybody was pretty much white right um there wasn't a lot of Latinos or Hispanics, um, very few black people there. But the few that were there were a part of this organization. So while I wasn't goofing off, I was trying to at least participate and, and get involved with some sort of groups there. Right, right. So I did have good intentions. So I go one night, they had like a, like a meeting, I guess, or a get together. And they had a group come and present. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll pause right there and, and remind I guess us, right, and everybody listening. The way we met was through Instagram, mm-hmm. right? Later on, we we end up having a lot of friends in common um, through UCF, right, and through the fraternity and sorority that we joined, right, at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we met through Instagram, it was not not only did we like follow each other and stuff like that, 
but we had an instant connection because of all of, all of, all of the things we had in common, the friends we had in common, mm-hmm. all those things, right? Right. So going back to Rollins, right? Um, I went to this one meeting while, while I was there, and like three guys showed up, and they came to campus, and they were presenting. Mm-hmm. It turned out to be uh, a Latino fraternity, Lambda Theta Phi. So they came, and they're like, okay, this is who we are. This is what we do. This is what we represent. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is dope. You know, you, you go to college to surround yourself with people that have the same goals as you do. Right. So I thought this was awesome. It was it was great. So they came presented and they were trying to, you know, possibly start a chapter there. Mm-hmm. Now my dumbass didn't do anything with that because I was not focused and right. messing around. Right. So, anyways, I ended up leaving that school, and I was still hopping around trying to uh, make this baseball dream work somehow. Mm-hmm. And, uh, anyways, I, I jumped around a couple of schools. I did go to a school out in um, called Weber for a little bit, where uh, I got pretty close with one of my best friends, Wilson, out there. So, you know, it's kind of funny. I, you know, you make these stops in these different schools, and at the time you feel lost. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I'm gonna go to this school, and I'm gonna go over here, and you're transferring credits, right. and you're it's, Which uh, is a pain. It's a pain. They don't accept all your shit. They don't yeah. do all that. But like, I'm jumping around trying to like, I'm, and at this point, you're like, you know, baseball, it ain't working. Like, I'm good, but I'm too short. I'm mm-hmm. not fast enough. It's just reality sinks in. My arm decided to stop playing way before I did. So mm-hmm. I said, you know what? Let me go to the local state college, go to school. Like everybody else, right? You go to school, enjoy it um, like a student, you know, not right. necessarily a student athlete. Right. So anyways, I go, I go to UCF. And the crazy thing in all of this was I still remember this was literally two years prior. I still remember those guys that came to visit us at Rollins. Mm. All I remembered was that they were brown. Like, I don't know. Sh- I didn't know shit about Greek letters. Right, right. I didn't know anything like that. I just right. remember these dudes were brown. Everything was brown. And like, let's be honest. That's not really an, like, attractive, an color. attractive color. Absolutely not. You're like, these dudes were rocking brown. But I, saw, I remember that. Right. So I'm from student union. All these fraternities are out. And uh, I walked up to them. And I literally was like, hey, how you doing? You know, whatever. I approached them. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, two years ago, I'm pretty sure you guys went to Rollins and, like, presented to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, over there. And they were probably like, this nerd. No. <laughs> Fuck. No. Well, they were probably like, oh, oh yeah, you, you wasted our time. No. No, check this out. They were actually like, one of them said, I was there. Mm. He was like, I was there then. I was like, I was. And then, anyways, fast forward. The person at the table's name was Jason. Mm. He became my big brother mm. in the fraternity. So it was pretty crazy. Yeah. Now, m- me having interest in all that was really by chance. Right, having right. caught that, right? And then coming back and remembering. And then now looking at our relationship and, and, and us, it's like, wow, that's crazy because... We ultimately, although, you know, we went our, we, we lived our lives separately, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But we came back together with this weird connection. And right. I feel like I became a part of that by chance. Not, you know, by chance. Yeah. In, yeah, in a way. Yeah. Or being connected or drawn in by them. Um, so yeah, the, that was pretty cool. But um, so continuing on my, my little story here, right? 
um, yeah, I was at, I was at UCF. Um, I ended up graduating um, from UCF, and um, I was dating someone at the time, and uh, we're, we were dating. Um, they were still in school, so we waited for them to finish. Then we got engaged. Then we got married. Then we had kids. Um, and how did you guys meet? We met, um, um, she had like family friends that went to UCF mm -hmm. and, uh, it was kind of, you know, uh, I went out to Tampa, um, to hang out with some, some friends out there. And so I knew of these family friends and they were there and it was kind of like, Hey, come meet my, my friend. And that's how we met mm. over there. So that's how we met. Um, but yeah, we, you know, ultimately we went through, you know, we got married and we had kids. We had Anthony and Julian, um, my twin boys. Um, and then we were married about seven years. And before that, you guys were together. How long? We dated about five. Mm -hmm. And then we, we, uh, then we got married and yeah, we're, we were together for about, married for seven years. So... It's um, it's interesting because if I were to talk about like the reasons why we got divorced or what what led to that, um, I would say, I guess if you asked me that question when I was going through it, I'd answer one way. Mm -hmm. um, looking back on it now, I'd probably answer a little different. I can't say it'd be completely different, right? But um it would be a little bit different. Um, but, you know, I'd rather not get into all those details and stuff. I mean, um, we are still co-parenting and stuff like that. And, you know, but I will say, looking back, you just learn so much. Mm -hmm. Looking back on that, you learn so much about yourself, um, about her, the boys, and like kind of like, life in general right you you learn so much about certain things kind of one of the things that i take away from from that experience if i can call it that is yeah it's an experience it's something that you went through yeah. and kind of changed you as you're not it the same did. person that you were no it, it didn't change me i mean it, it did change me i'm mm -hmm. not the same person anymore and and the crate and, and the thing is my nature is to be I'm like ultra, I try to be ultra logical, like yes. ultra, when you, I'm very calculated and I'm very calculated in my decisions. Yes. It's working in systems and IT and that kind of stuff. Like that's how you kind of operate always. Mm -hmm. Like you go to college first, mm -hmm. right? You can meet someone, date someone throughout that time, but you graduate first. Mm -hmm. Then you get married. Mm -hmm. Then you have kids, mm -hmm. right? Like. I was not going to do that out of order. Which is interesting because, I mean, I, I feel like a lot of people have that sp that order in mind, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so you, like you said, you graduate high school, you go to college, mm -hmm. you graduate, you date someone, you get engaged, you buy a house, you get married, you have kids in that order. And then life kind of hits you with a one-two and it's all out of whack. It, it is all so out of whack. So you were able to do that, which I don't know a lot of people that are able to do that. 
Well, yeah. I mean, like, and, and that's kind of what I learned, right? Doing, everyone has that plan to do things in a specific order. And what I want to say to folks that have that plan is that it doesn't guarantee shit. Mm. So I was calculated. I plan. We plan. We save money. We, um, you know, everything was planned out in advance. Mm -hmm. But it didn't guarantee shit. Like, it didn't mean that everything would work out. Right. You at plan, the you, end. Right. You planned like the the things that need to be done, like like the saving money and the house and the kids. You you can plan that, but you're not necessarily planning your marriage or your relationship with each other. It, yeah, I mean, you you don't necessarily think about I guess you don't factor that into the plan. Right. You just think of everything being sequential or in a chronological order. Mm-hmm. Like this is what comes after this and this is what comes after this. Right. Um, and so that, that was me, that was ultra, you know, calculated, um, and it didn't guarantee shit. Mm-hmm. And so now, and I'm not saying that we're not calculating in anything we do. I think we plan things and we talk about things, but I don't feel like we're restricted to things. Mm-hmm. I think even with us, how we met, um, and was you, not planned, was not planned, but it was also not like okay, we need we need to do all these things first before you move in, or we have to. It was kind of mm-hmm. like yo, we're, we're here, mm-hmm. like okay. And I'm the complete opposite of you, so I feel like that's why sometimes we butt heads a lot is because I am not a planner. I do not like to plan out things, and because things don't go to plan that I've learned in my life, so. I, I mean, obviously I'll plan like a birthday or what I'm going to get you for Christmas, stuff like that, like tangible things, but life stuff, man, that shit's crazy. It, it, life is so unpredictable. That's just, so in that aspect, I feel like, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then, um, and so anyways, we ended up, um, going down the divorce route. Um, and that was for me difficult um being the planner like that wasn't part of the plan going down that that route of getting divorced um you feel a couple things about it like mm-hmm. you, you you have these feelings inside um and for me it was like two two big things like one was just like a sense of failure mm-hmm I don't, like an ultimate an ultimate sense of failure where you're like but you didn't realize you were failing mm-hmm. you just felt like you failed and it was it's interesting because looking back if I were to describe it a certain way it's like your your life or, or your marriage or, or what you were doing or what I was doing was like you're kind of like running on this track and you're expected to keep pace mm-hmm. Every lap, you have to run a certain pace. You have to keep up. You have to kind of just, to keep things running, you're just going on this on this track, right? This is like our every day, you're going through the motions, you're mm-hmm. doing it. And then just one day, someone like sounds this alarm or this buzzer or this, you know, and all of a sudden, you have to stop. And it's like, that's it. It's done. You lost the race. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of left like, but shit, but what, what did I do? 
Should I have run faster? Should I have trained harder? Should I have gone to the, you know, what could I have done to not lose? Right. And it's just such a sense of failure. Like you just, you're left with like, you know, I don't want to say I was embarrassed. I really wasn't embarrassed. But you feel like, damn, you put a lot of effort into something mm-hmm. without an, ever an expectation of failure happening. Right. You know? And you, you had that, you had your parents, mm-hmm. right? And you, your parents are still together and, yeah. and they've gone through some, you know, mm-hmm. challenges. And, and so, I mean, you mentioned it earlier that they fought, they toughed it out. They worked on whatever their problems were. So to have that as like an example, that's kind of, I feel like what you have subconsciously in your mind, like, okay, right. well, they made it work, then I'll be, I'll be okay. You right. Know? No, I agree a hundred percent. Cause I was just kind of like, this is, this is not what I think should happen, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then of course, of course you, you think of the boys. Um, and for me, that was just ultra difficult to think about them. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know what it meant for them. Right. I didn't grow up in a blended family right. or a product of divorce or anything like that. So mm-hmm. I'm like, what What does this mean for them emotionally? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, looking back on it, thankfully, they were so young. And how old were they? They were three. Mm-hmm. And they turned four shortly after. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like official. So they were young, and they asked questions. Mm-hmm. Like, why don't you live together anymore? Right. Why... Do I have to go with you? Why mm. can't I stay over here? And things mm. like that. Right. So they asked those honest questions, those innocent questions. But I was just concerned about how they took it emotionally, um, like that. And how, how did you, like, try to explain that? Being that they were so young, like. You know, um, one of the things we did, we actually got them a book. Mm. It was like a story. At the time, I'm not sure if it clicked for them, but it was like mm-hmm. a story of a um, this little kid that uh, had two parents, mm-hmm. and it describes to the child like you have two homes, you have two families, you have essentially two of everything, mm-hmm. but everyone loves you. So I think for me, I mean, obviously, besides trying that to to talk to them, it was always just like we love you, you know. We just don't live together anymore, um, but we love you. You're just gonna. You have two houses now. You, you're gonna be here. You're gonna be there. I mean, they, they were way too young to ask more right, right, complicated right. questions right. that maybe a ten or twelve year old will ask. Right, 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 right. So, I can say we got away a little bit with that, not mm-hmm. having to go into it too far. Mm-hmm. But we just always told them we loved them, um, and that's it. And then. You know, today we do try to, um, we don't do it often, but on occasion we do try to talk to them together mm-hmm. on some things. Um, I know we, we've talked to them when they're not behaving well. We talk mm-hmm. to them together. And then when they do good in school, we try to reward them together too so that it's coming from both of us mm-hmm. and they can see that, mm-hmm. um, that we together are happy with what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that was just a difficult part. I think 
um, with them, it, it was uh, an adjustment. I was concerned about how they took it, but then it was hard for me too as their father because because of the schedule and, and her schedule, most days, actually, I got them up every day and dressed every day. Then I went to work and I picked them up from school every day and brought them home, put them to bed myself most days. So now we're going to do this divorce thing and I get to do this half the time mm-hmm. was like a punch to the gut. Like I see them every single day, Monday through Friday, the weekends. Mm-hmm. And now I get them half the time. Um, it was hard. Um, cause I, I, you know, I felt like we were close. I mean, I'm still close, really close with them. Um, I, you know, I was not going to give up time with them. It was mm-hmm. hard for me to accept that I had to give up some time with them. Mm. Um, and I think for me, one of the hardest things was, um, like, as you go through divorce, there's a lot of paperwork, mm-hmm. a lot of bullshit. You're, you're talking to attorneys, you got to deal with court stuff, you know, you're, you're planning stuff out, you're selling the house, you're doing all that kind of shit. But, like, I think one of the times that, like, I shut down, like, I didn't even, like, I didn't break down, I just shut down, was getting presented with, like, a, a holiday schedule. Mm-hmm. So, like, not only, like, I get them half the time, like, I now get them half the holidays. Mm. And I was just like, the fuck? Right. Like, it, it, it just hurt. And, and the thing is, too, like, seeing their names printed on this paper, and it's like, you have them these days, she has them these days, odd year, even year. And you're like... My relationship with my boys is not a piece of fucking paper. Mm-hmm. It's more than that. Like, I was, it was weird. I felt offended, sort of. Like, I understood that this is required by law. Um, when you get divorced and you have children, not only you figure out the whole um, um, payment thing, like when you pay child support mm-hmm. and all that, but this is a, a legit uh, plan for the kids. You got to figure out when they're going to be with each parent like that's completely part of the law but i just felt like offended like i felt like they're not just names on a piece of paper that's going to be filed at the state Mm -hmm. like it just bothered me so much Mm -hmm. that i was supposed to review that i didn't review it for a couple days i couldn't look at it because it bothered me so much that it came down to like Monday, Tuesday, and then you Wednesday, Thursday. What is that? Like that? That was just so like no. Those are my boys. Like what do you like? You know, it was hard to deal with that. It was hard to deal with like. Um, so that was that was pretty difficult. Yeah. So anyways, th- through I know your episode, you talked a lot about grief. Um, and so in preparation for today's episode to record this, I looked at grief, and ironically. Like, the first image I saw was, like, the five stages of grief in divorce. Mm. <laughs> like, you experience grief, all kinds of grief, all kinds of situations or events in your life. But this was, like, for divorce specifically. Mm. So, first one is shock and denial, mm-hmm. right? I was pretty shocked. 
and kind of in denial because I was, you, you're like, all right, we're going to work this out. Like, okay. Right. You know, divorce is on the table. You're talking about it. But like back in your mind, like, like you said, my parents been married 40 years, mm. you know? Yeah. Like, nah, this ain't, this ain't going to, this ain't going on that path. Like, right. like we can't, like, it's not possible. Um, now, let me ask you, if you didn't have the kids, would it still be, would you still feel that way or would it be? Not easier because it's not easy, but you know you had the kids still in the back yeah. of your mind. So, yeah. um, it you know looking back on my thought on my feelings at that time, mm -hmm. a big driving force behind the effort into working it out, into making it work, and and the effort I, that we put into sort of fixing things, they were at the forefront of that. Mm. If they weren't there, um, it might have been a different story. I don't know. It's hard to mm -hmm. say. But um, I know definitely they were a big piece of that, you know, um, of why we put the effort in. But, again, that's how I felt my parents operated. You know, I, mm -hmm. I mean, literally talking to them, they were like, you know, we worked it out. We, we did this because we felt we wanted to fix our marriage and work through these things because um, they felt that keeping the family together was the best thing. Right. Right. Um, and I understand, you know, like now, like having gone through it and, you know, you do accept it now that sometimes right. that is the best thing and it ultimately, it can be the best thing for the child than right. to stay in a shitty marriage. Like yeah. it, it could be, you know, it's not like, right. um, but at the moment you think it's different. Right. Yeah. Of course. You're, um, so you facing denial. So, um, now the, the next stage is anger. Now, one thing I want to stress about, like, these stages of grief is kind of interesting is, in my personal opinion, they're not sequential mm -mm. or they don't, <laughs> they don't come in order in any way mm -hmm. because, okay, maybe maybe the first one shocking then now is typically going to be the first thing you feel. Mm -hmm. um, but there were times along the journey where I started to accept it and something would happen and I went back to anger or, you know, you start to feel a certain way and then you, you jump around. To me, these stages were like, for me, were like, it was a roller coaster. Right. I was all over the place. Um, so, yeah, as far as anger goes, yeah, I, I shared, I spent my share of time um, in that phase um, angry with everybody, mm. with myself, the situation, you know, attorneys. Um, her. Her. Absolutely. Um, so, and then the, the other one, the next one is funny, is bargaining. Um, bargaining is like a... That's such an interesting one. Bargaining? Yeah. I mean, like... Well, I, and I, there's the, I was interpreting it in one way, but what I, what I saw, mm -hmm. or what I read up on is, it's kind of, you like, um, kind of playing that game like what if I would have done this mm, mm -hmm. what if I did that kind of like to my point like feeling like I was running around this track where yeah. I had to keep pace with something what if I train harder yeah what if I did the right with these things what if she did these things right you know um and I feel horrible for saying this but what if we didn't have kids right you know like what what could it have been right so you play this game, this it's kind of a nasty mental game with yourself, mm -hmm. you know, um, where you're thinking about all these things. Right. Like, 
Um, so that's I'd say I I did a little bit of that. You feel kind of weird or or shitty going mm-hmm. through that. Um, and then there's depression. Mm. Now that probably makes sense to come after bargaining because you're playing all these mind games with yourself. <laughs> yeah, for real. But I was um, I, I spent I think I was. I would consider myself probably depressed for a certain period there. Um, I lost a lot of weight. I lost my appetite. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I mean, I skipped dinner probably several times a week. I skipped dinner. Um, I know I wasn't resting well. Um, I couldn't sleep. Um, all kinds of uh, feelings. Now, I will say... <clears throat> I will say, um, I'm, I had different friends that I was able to lean on, um, and one of them really suggested talking to somebody. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, we had tried kind of the marriage counseling thing, um, but I continued that by myself. Mm-hmm. Like, I continued it through by going by myself, talking to someone. Right. And it, it, it helped. Right. Um, sometimes it was just to go and drop some f bombs, you know. This little old white lady, like, <laughs> and I'm like dropping f bomb, and you know. But it was probably used to it. I'm sure she was. Yeah. I'm sure she was. Like, it, you feel all these kind of crazy emotions. Yeah, you got to tell yeah. somebody. Yeah, this is true. You know, I, yeah. I, I felt like, like I'm like you know, kind of going back to the bargaining thing. Like, what it was this? What was that? I'm like, yo, like, like I'm. The, and your friends can only do so much, right? Like, you can tell your friends things until a certain extent, and then it's yeah. kind of like you kind of yeah. like, you know. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I say it now because I'm, you know, I'm good. But like, I like I w- I felt self conscious mm. of like even like physically. Mm. You know, I've been reg- you know confident always. Mm-hmm. But going through something like that, you going through bargaining and like, I would tell the therapist and like, you know, maybe, you know, I'm not attractive, you know, maybe it's all this gray hair that I got, you know. I love your gray hair. Maybe it's like, you know, you you're like, you there's nothing is off the, anything's no, a possibility. No. You yeah. know, your mind just goes and goes. Yeah. And I would say some shit to this lady and. One time, I'll, I'll tell you, it was kind of funny. I was, I think, I think I was on a, a rant about this, and she stopped me. She goes, "Listen, you're an attractive young man. Stop." <laughs> it was, it it was so sweet of her to say that though. Yeah. Um, and I just thanked her, and and you know, um, but you just, you just your mind's going through all this, and it was on my mind all the time. It was distracting at work. Mm. Um, you know, I. I actually had a team meeting um, with my team. I had a team of people, and uh, I was like, listen, I know some of y'all see me. I see Moody. I'm this or I'm that. Or I'm, I've been missing, not missing days, but, like, you know, I might have to come in late or leave early because I was kind of trying to take care of pushing yeah. paper, right? Yeah. And um, in the middle of literally talking to these other people, like, I, I broke down at, at my job. Hmm. You know, it's, it was difficult. It was right. difficult. I mean, it, it I mean, was that's tough. a what? I'm not good at math. That's a long relationship, right? Right. And even, I mean, you were married for seven years, but you're dating five years. 
prior. You have all these plans and all these, you know, goals and all these things. And, and then it just, like you said, it just stopped. So that is a lot to go through as a person, no matter, no matter if you're a man or a woman, like, you know, that's a, it's a difficult time. It's a difficult time for, for anything. Yeah. It was tough. Um, and, and through that time, like I had a lot of good friends that were there. I mean, obviously I have family. Mm -hmm. I got to say that definitely my mom, my dad, my brother were all there for me. Mm -hmm. Um, they were there for me all, always, they always checking on me. Um, you know, afterwards I live with my brother for a little bit. Mm. So I'll forever be grateful for that. Like, you know, because when I had the boys, they were there too right. at his house. Right. So I'll forever be grateful for that. Um, and, um, they were amazing. Um, but I had a, a lot of other friends that <laughs> were there for me too, um, which was interesting. I had like a little squad, right? I had my boys, and uh, I had like my a good friend of mine. Um, he was like my spiritual advisor. He's like, he's like, dude, you gotta pray. He's like, I'm gonna be at home with my wife, and we're gonna pray for you. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm gonna pray too because I need that. Yeah. Um, then I had a um, a good friend of mine, which actually was from from work. He was like my guy, like my therapist guy. Mm -hmm. He was like, I would tell him I had an appointment. The next day, he's like, did you go? Right. I'm like, I went. He was like, all right, you better. Right. Um, and so he would like, check on me. But his thing was mental health. Keep your mind right. Right, right, right. He encouraged me to go to the gym, go work out, get your body right. And I did that. Um, and uh, actually, th this one guy, we became pretty good friends. But it was, it was interesting because we, we worked together, but then he left. Hmm. Um, but we were about the same age and he was divorced and he had two boys mm. and I was like, you know, I don't, I don't know him that well, right? but I'm going to hit him up anyway. Right. And he said, I think maybe two days later we were getting a drink and talking about it. Right. Cause he was like, I've been through it. I know how it's like, and I don't know, I can't speak for everyone, but sometimes I feel like when men go through divorce, I don't necessarily feel that um, they get as much support as sometimes the woman does. Right. Because naturally, right, and, it, and it's like um, out in movies and TVs and stuff like that, the reasons for divorce, like, you know, men, men can handle it. They're fine. You know what I mean? No matter whose fault it is, if it was hers or his. The man will be fine. He'll be with some younger, like 10 years younger chick, and he'll be fine. But that's not the case. Like, men go through it just as much as women do. And it's kind of a shame that they don't get as much support as women do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And being like in your situation with the children, like, it's not like you were like, all right, well, you want to get divorced? Okay, peace. You take the kids, and then you're going to do your own thing. No, like, mm -hmm. those were your boys. You're very involved in their life. And that's how, you, you know, like, not not everyone is like that, but the ones that are, they, sh we, they should get our support and, right. you know, shout-outs because that's a tough thing, like. Yeah. 
and the stereotype is Hispanic men, all right, like have all these children. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and they don't want to bother so, them, but that's not the case here. Yeah, you know? yeah. So you brought it up, so I got I got to touch on that real quick. Oh man, that was something that. Now, this probably came a little bit later, where I'm like, oh, you know, eventually. I'm going to start dating or whatever. Hmm. But, man, I was like, I didn't want to fit that stereotype. Right. Like, not so not only I'm a single man, I'm Latino, Puerto Rican. And because I had twins, I had two boys. Mm-hmm. So he ain't got a kid. He got kids. Right. Um, Forget the fact I'm college educated. Right. Or the fact that, let me just drop this. I, I have a master's. Right. We were married for seven years. It's not like I just knocked up and got two different baby mamas and, right, and right, not right. taking care of my children. Right. Like, it was, I planned. <laughs> Fuck. Right. This was all planned, you know? Right. Like, and then now, all of a sudden, I feel like this was the last thing I thought I was going to be, you know? And, and not, I don't want anybody to feel horrible about being in that situation, but it's horrible like mm. and, and i'll give you one example and i only experienced this once thank god it was only once because i probably would have gone nuts I, I you know i went out with some friends right and i met somebody mm-hmm. a female and you know i was not shy to say i have children right. it is what it is right, you right. know so i said something um i think we're trying to exchange numbers or whatever it is and i hear her friend in the background say Nah, like, he got kids. Mm. And I was like, you don't know my story. Right. You don't know why I got kids or how I'm here. You don't know what happened. Right. You don't know anything about me. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mind you, she was the ugly friend, but whatever. (laughs) Dumbass. They're usually the ugly friends. It was the ugly one. She wanted everybody to be miserable, but whatever. Mm -hmm. But that was the shit I felt. Right. So... You know, ugly friend. Um, don't be the don't be the ugly friend. Don't people. be the ugly friend. Yo, there's a lot of good guys there's out there. There's a lot of great guys with kids. You don't know their stories. You just need to get to. Th- th- this goes back to what we learned in school. Don't judge a book by its cover. You nah, just never know someone's story. You just don't know. Nah. Did you get her number? I did, but I didn't call. <laughs> Why? Cause they're her friend. You know the ugly friends always around. Oh yeah, this is true. They always Debbie Downer. So this is true. I have no ugly friends though, so I don't know. <laughs> Shout out to all my beautiful friends. <laughs> <laughs> um. So uh, the the last I suppose the last um phase right was acceptance and hmm. all of this. Um, I'm not 100% sure when I hit acceptance. Mm. I have these sense of like feeling good and getting better. Right. You know, um, there were a couple of times that looking back can see when acceptance was happening. But the one thing I can really point to was, um, you know, you're with someone for so long. You, I guess you change the way you are. You change your behavior and shit like that. And I didn't realize, I suppose, that. I was a very different person than I used to be. Mm-hmm. You start seeing a lot of old friends, mm-hmm. um, 
or even meeting new friends and you start to hear things like oh wow like this is the marvin i remember mm. and actually there were some friends i met um kind of like a little later i guess i shot them out anthony and tony <laughs> i met them at some point and apparently I, I rubbed them wrong i don't know mm. you know and then later on after the divorce they're like who's that dude he was like a different guy. Mm. And um, I think I just was myself again. Right. I was the guy that I suppose people remember, maybe a little happier. Right. Um, I joke, joked around a little bit, you know. When you go through something like this and people remind you like, wow, you're yourself again. Mm-hmm. You're happy. You're good. Like people tell you like they like to be around you now. Right. Like. Well, shit, for, for, for one, you're like, damn, I must have been, right. a, what was wrong with me, shit, right. you know, and then you're like, then you look back, and then you accept it, be like, you know, maybe I wasn't myself, maybe it was the right thing, right, right? so yeah. you find this sense of acceptance, because you're like, obviously, something was awry, right, so, yeah. you know, and I, I got that from a lot of damn people, so. Um, yeah. So thank you, I, you know, um, to them. And shit, the way I feel now is like, I'm me always, babe. So you got me like me, yes. me. Yes, I know. You got me like me, fucking me, so me right here. this morning, this me that oh. we're talking about woke me up with start a riot. I am not a morning person. And he's been trying for two, two plus years to make me a morning person. But what does he do? He jumps on me and plays music in my ear. Yeah, so yeah, so this morning was start a riot, yeah. So <laughs> that's what I deal with. That's what I deal with. But you got me. Oh, you got me, me, all me, and real me. To 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 that point, like um some of your family pulled me aside um when we first started dating and said the very same thing to me. And I was like, Well, I don't know any anyone else other than what's sitting in front of me right now, but <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> like thanks. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. Um, Do you feel like, though, when we got together, it was still in that, like, in the balance of trying to fully grasp and accept it? Or do you think, like, you were like, uh? Well, you know, so when we met, um, I I felt like at that point I was good. I had had accepted it. I was good to move on. Mm. But I think when we got together some of those weird feelings crept back Mm. like you know it's like i'm good i'm moving on but then not being afraid that someone's gonna hit that buzzer again Mm. you know so it was a little tricky at first and we talked about it and you experienced loss and you've had these feelings you know, and, and I got to respect that. I mean, if I'm if I leave the house, I know I'm going to be late. I better call because I don't want you to feel scared or afraid. For me, you need to tell me you love my gray hair. And any wrinkles I might get because I ain't got shit yet. Oh, geez. Just in case, because we know right. we know each other's story now. Right. We have our own. So, you know. And I think 
you know, that, that, that goes on with any relationship. Um, you bring those insecurities with you to the next one. But for you, it's kind of like a different level. Like, you know, a, a bringing like a divorce insecurity into a next relationship is kind of like, I feel like that weighs heavier, if that makes any sense. Because you were married, like, by the state of Florida. Yeah, Florida, you were like, you know. And so you dealt with that and... You guys went through that together, and then now you're with someone new, and it's like, you you're bringing that. Yeah, I uh, mean, subconsciously, you're bringing that into this relationship. Yeah, you know, you don't want to fail again. Right. And everything you gotta learn, you gotta learn like from your past, like mm. in every way. Like, I'm looking back on stuff. Could I've done things different? Sure. Not sure if it would have helped. But I could have. Mm. So I'll keep all those things in mind now. And you just got to kind of take that and, and learn from it and, and move on. Um, and not necessarily always have to be so calculated and right. whatever. And roll with it. You right. know, live. That's my story, y'all. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> DM us, hit that comment. I guess let us know if y'all curious about anything. But yeah, no, for that's, real. That's my story, and we're starting a new one. So that's it. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for sharing your story, babe. Thanks, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so thank you, everybody, for checking out the episode, listening to our, his story. Yes. And um, don't forget. Follow us on social media. Hit us on that Twitter, that social... That Instagram. Instagram, Twitter. Hit us up. And send us what you want us to talk about. If you guys are curious, you have questions, you have topics. But yeah, hit us up. Let us know. Show us some love. You guys have been showing a tremendous amount of love and we love y'all back. Yes. And if y'all see us in the street, walk up to us. We're just regular people. <laughs> Peace. Thank you. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>